Hello and welcome to the Loose Spokes Podcast, Episode 1. Tonight, we'll be talking moto news and running through the 2020 Supercross team lineups. Tonight, I'm joined by my father and 50-plus motocross racer, Roger Evans. December 4th of 2019. This is the first episode of the Loose Spokes podcast. We'll just start with breaking news. JGR just picked up two more riders for the season. They had Savachi on the 450 and Alex Martin on the 250, and they've added uh, Freddie Norin on the other 450 and Jimmy Dakotas on the 250. And those look like they're both indoor and outdoor pickups. That That's really good because they only had the two rides. And I did see where they were going to have Martin and Dakotas do some 450 East races, too. Oh, yeah. Martin will be at Anaheim round one on the uh, 250 when the 250 West series kicks off, but will also debut on a 450 at select rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't think Dakotas is, uh, is going to be on a 450. Was it just Oh, no. Martin? I'm really excited to represent the factory racing team in both 450 and 250 Supercross," said Dakotas. Yeah, yeah, wow. They're so they're both getting uh, they're getting a lot of a lot of exposure. That probably they probably got low salaries, but with the opportunity to show their ability to ride a 450, because that was kind of probably why they didn't have a ride is because they were 250 riders. Mm-hmm. There's so few spots open. They couldn't even try to talk a 450 team into bringing them on. But it'll be good for, like, if Sabachi's going to be out for a while, it'll be good for Suzuki to have a 450 guy out there, which it'll probably be Dakotas on the west anyway. I'm assuming he'll ride 250 east. Yeah, with them saying that uh, Amar's going to be west, that would I would think that would put Dakotas east. Yep. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't say anything about Savachi's recovery. It just says Savachi begins the AMA season on the injured list with a foot injury and the uh, number 17 is looking for a speedy recovery and, and planning to be on the track during the 2020 SX season. So that sounds like maybe the first three rounds mm-hmm. uh, he'll be out. He's not really a championship contender, so it'd be better for him to come back round three at a hundred percent than round one at, you know, 50 or 70. Right, and if they could put Dakotas out there, they at least have a bike out there. Exactly, so they could still have both 450s out and out and running uh, in each in each heat. Yeah, they seem like the most hot and cold brand for results because they are either winning championships with Ryan Dungey or with Ken Roxon or Carmichael, or they're barely in the sport at all. <laughs> it does seem like it's been that way. Yeah, they don't really seem to have kind of halfway results. That's true. Way back when Roger DeCoster moved away from there and Wolfsink retired and all them, uh, they're definitely, you didn't hear much about them for a long time. You know, maybe the Mark Barnett era, you know, uh, 
that was probably they were hot then. Yeah, you're right. It's either feast, feast or famine for you. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, the big news was uh, Ryan Dungey buying into into Geico. Yeah, I mean a, a five-time Supercross and four-time Motocross champ going in to uh, into Geico after you know kind of the departure of um Larocco and, and Wyndham not being such a, a big part of the factory connection team lately. It's good for them to have a, a name like that back in there where they had uh Will Hahn most recently. It's good for them to have someone who knows how to win recently in the climate mm-hmm. that there is. Yeah, and as far as an, an investment for uh Dungey it's probably the least risky team to invest in. It's it, Seems like it's the you know most already well-funded team. You don't hear about you know them picking up riders in the end when they have the money and things like that. You know, and, and not that Star isn't really good, but you know that's more of a personally held team by you know one guy as opposed to Factory Connections had the two guys forever. You know, now they got a third guy, so it's also the least risk for him losing his investment. Exactly, and and good luck buying into Pro Circuit. Well, right, and Pro Circuit, you know, Mitch Payton is definitely is Pro Circuit, but I have a feeling that Monster Energy, you know, kind of pulls the strings there as far as their funding, which that's a good thing. He's got a great, you know, stable sponsor for the team as opposed to some of the other satellite teams where it changes every year even even geico's changed over the years you know originally it was amsoil and you know and it's just uh, moved its way along to geico Yeah, because it was i remember amsoil amsoil still actually sponsors their amateur efforts so there's still amsoil right. hondas for factory connection yep. out there then they had muscle milk when um, barsha and canard went through mm-hmm. and the factory honda was they also sponsored factory honda then mm-hmm. too yeah, so that's that's probably good for for everyone involved. I wonder I wonder who that's going to help the most as far as Ryan coming in. I wonder if if um, who's going to gel with kind of his. Uh, well, I guess it more depends on what he's really going to do because he he's coming in as a just a part owner, not an official manager of any sort. So I wonder what he's actually going to do day to day. If this is more than mm-hmm. a, a he won't be a silent partner. I wonder what he's going to say. I'm just going to guess, though, that he's going to, you know, sit back and try to take a, I'm just guessing that he might take like a Roger DeCoster type role where, you know, I don't know that he's going to be running milling machines, but, you know, he's going to be more along the lines, I would guess, of maybe rider development. He's got a lot of experience in helping these guys with the mental aspect of the game and the physical aspect of it as well. A lot that he could feed back to them. Yeah, he's always known as as always putting forward the work, you know, week in and week out. And I wonder if some of these younger kids coming in, especially um, the Australian boys, are both very young. I, I wonder if he can help instill that kind of uh, work ethic, especially if, you know, Sexton's not going to be necessarily with them as much as he's been because he has that work ethic. Chase Sexton does. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, you know, if he's still around and Dungey and Roxon, if they can kind of instill that into the younger guys, because also uh, uh, the 122 of Carson Mumford's also a young youngster. So getting mm-hmm. them off to a good, solid fitness start and commitment start. 
is going to be key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, it's funny, those, there's that element you don't really want to mess with when I, you think about that um, Jet. He's, he's a goofball and he's having fun. You know, and how much of that do you, how much and when do you take that away? Do you let them have that fun as 250 guys? Then when they turn to 450 guys, it's all business. You know, that's when Villapoto got serious and lost all that weight. That's when Carmichael got serious and lost all that weight. And they were business, you know, as 450 guys. But you kind of, when do you pull that back and not let them eat donuts on the podium? (laughs) Things like that, you know. Exactly, which Dungey was very much a serious kind of guy, but you know, rocks and being, being around, he's, he's the guy who famously said, you know, after getting off the, uh, the factory baker program going, Oh, well, you know, now I get to eat ice cream and I had ice cream last night and came out here and won. Uh-huh. So hopefully they can find a, a middle ground on that. Yeah. Yeah. There's gotta be, you know, and maybe, well, no, they won't be mixing it up with the, the two, but, um, Oh, shoot. The guy that's doing Team Honda now that, that took um, Dan Bentley's job, he's back. It's Kehoe. You know, he can be kind of goofy, too. Yeah. which so Maybe you, between the two, they can have some fun and, and be serious at the right time. Yeah, and you need that with the 250s because it's too easy for these guys to burn out. And if they burn out before they get a chance to even go to the 450s, which we've right. seen, you know, there are people that just they just stop. Yeah, they don't make the transition. And there's a lot of people trying to make that transition. Um, I mean, Martin Davalos, no official ride yet, right? Like he's he's looking at he's looking at a couple of them, but he's not he's not officially on anything. He didn't get on that Phoenix Honda. I huh? think it's still. Um, and we'll go through that when we look at all the silly season stuff. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, with HEP and and. Uh, uh, and all that sort of stuff, um, nothing's uh, nothing's for sure. I mean, um, it looks like he's going to be on Team Tedder at this point. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, but that's that's just Steve Mathis saying that's that's what he thinks is going to happen. Gotcha. Yeah, he has a pretty good insight on stuff. He he gets to talk to him all firsthand. We have to do it from. Uh, many arms length. Yeah, but even he has to be careful because if he starts saying stuff like that and it's always true, then it's insider yeah, information. They're going to stop talking to him. Yeah. And they're going to go, hey, <laughs> you can talk to the press. You can't talk to Mathis. Yeah. Yeah, so next would be uh, I I hadn't even been following it, but the Team USD ISDE results, <clears throat> mm-hmm. they uh, we did really well. On, on pretty much everything we didn't we only won two but i mean from we weren't competitive a few years back no. now although i didn't realize that they won it like three years ago i did not realize that yeah because i think we won three years ago and then the year after that uh one of our guys won the the single uh championship right. sipes won the overall yeah yeah but i wasn't sure that it was us that uh that won the ISDE overall. I thought it was just that. Yeah, they did win in Portugal. Yeah, they did. They, they actually won it. I didn't realize that because it had been like 94 years that the thing's gone on. 
and they've won it twice and it was this year and like two two or three years ago yep that's that's exactly what it says and you know uh, taylor roberts caleb russell ryan sipes Stu baylor they're all mm-hmm. really good i mean when Stu baylor is your arguably weakest link that's just that's a strong yeah. Yeah. team because yeah. that guy yeah. is also, incredible on his own learning learning how to train like all the other teams that win a lot made the big difference you know going and i think i think one of them said they walked they walked 82 miles the week before wow of just scoping out the uh the special tests mainly 82 miles they walked you heard about caleb russell right he had to change a uh um a sprocket the back sprocket Right, he hit a rock and bent it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he changed that on the side of the on the side of the trail. Mm-hmm. And he said he lost like yep. ten minutes, and and he made it up. That's crazy. Like mm-hmm. that. That's next not level. Not up against average Joe. I mean, he had to haul. Yeah, and he was already having to haul because he's racing against the best. And yeah, even with that, a, a lot of them are saying, like Ryan Sipe said, he you know he said we weren't necessarily the fastest every day, but. We didn't make those big mistakes, which they've been saying the last few years is, oh, well, if we hadn't made so many mistakes, I think it was last year they said we would have won, but we made too many mistakes and that's on us. we got to do better next mm-hmm. year. And they did. Yeah. But just by doing it year in, year out is when you you can weed out those mistakes. Yeah. They had uh, three riders in the top five on the first day, which that's mm-hmm. that's how you got to do it. That's a confidence builder for him. Everyone's holding up their end of the deal. Ryan Sipes mentioned that, uh, you know, because his Ryan Sipes doesn't just race a series anymore. He's an hour of talking all on his own. He he mentioned that he was more comfortable in the uh, where there was no tracks because he had been doing so much flat tracking that he mm-hmm. was really comfortable uh, with that sort of stuff, and and uh, he was less comfortable on special tests. So it it was a trade off for him certain things being in better shape and, and not in others. Yeah, you'd think being a moto guy, he'd be more comfortable in the special tests. Although, you know, with moto, you get to do do that lap after lap and you can kind of hit your lines. But then again, that's why they walked 82 miles, though, to know where their lines mm-hmm. were in those. Yeah, he says, uh, the one thing that did help was all the time I spent on the flat track. Being comfortable when I was totally sideways was a real benefit. Uh, since a lot of the tests at the race are uh, grass track style and you got to step it out a little. This is where my practice hurts me is when the test got rough and burned up where in the past I would have loved that this year I was better when there were no lines and I could slide around a bit. Mm. So that's really interesting with him doing supercross and hill climb and hard enduro, you know, and all these different things. And then doing the ISDE is he's got a completely different perspective coming into it with how to ride and you know when you when you do race those grass fields and tracks and stuff and isdes and and uh, hare and hounds and stuff like that they're so sketchy because they're it seems like you're hooking you're hooking and then like he was saying you know the back end is out there so quickly because you know a lot of times it's on a off camber or whatever and you just really got to feather the feather the throttle and don't let the Real wheel overspin too much, or it will on that grass. It's slippery. When it goes, it really goes fast. Yeah, I because we've had the grass grow in the field here in in the uh, in the back field that we ride in. It's uh, 
when you go out there at the beginning of the end of the season, you got to cut tracks and it's just drift all day until you can get rid of the grass. Mm -hmm. And then you can start Mm -hmm. pushing it down and trying to get the knobbies to sink into the same spot and building the berms out of the grass. The first time you go around, it's just on ice and that's what they're doing. But at that kind of a speed, yeah, because it's special test. You really got to roll. You got to go as fast as you can, but you can't afford to fall or it's over. So you definitely an interesting, different push than motocross. There's a lot of good stuff going on across the globe now. It's not just um, the U.S. You start adding the uh, hair and the hound stuff and, and the ISDE and the the Australian Supercross getting getting big. There's there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff to watch kind of around around the calendar, which is hard on some riders. But I mean, maybe maybe it means that we can have really competitive but multiple series, not just MXGP and AMA. Maybe there's mm-hmm. room for a whole third segment of guys that don't race either of those and mm-hmm. do all this other stuff. That's true. It kind of breaks up the monotony for them, and and they can. Uh learn new things and have fun look at uh andrew short oh yeah i was uh i was on his his instagram again today he's found a whole new career something that he picked up Mm -hmm. for fun and he is Mm -hmm. as serious as you can get about it now which is amazing the guy has a great chance of winning paris to car he really honestly does yeah because he's what did he qualify sixth or something I think last year he got like sixth or seventh, but the last two days he's riding with a broken foot. Mm-hmm. At broken foot, he qualified like 30th or something. Terrible qualifying, mm-hmm. which is really important in that sort of a race. Yeah, with him having a good start. And he had been riding for, what, less than a year? Months? Yeah, something like that. And and he won a rally just recently, I just can't remember where it was, but he he won a rally. The last race, last rally he did, he won. There are guys like Toby Price that have said that you know it's it's impressive him you know the rate at which he's learning the sport, and you know mm-hmm. and at his age, put those together, and you know he said that he didn't get as much head start as he thought he would from from motocross, but I think it's starting to show now yeah. i think now it's starting to pay dividends and it just didn't at first yeah he, he definitely knows how to ride the ragged edge but you know he was saying he's just learning how to read the uh the the roll charts you know um and not miss his turns and stuff was a really a steep learning curve yeah as it would be i mean going between track and tra- uh and trail just at an amateur level or Heck, when I would uh, ride my street bike from my house up to your house and then hop on my dirt bike and try and ride that <laughs> and then hop off of that and get back on my street bike, that was relearning every time I did it. That was the craziest feeling because they're so, so different and jumping from mm-hmm. one to the other, you go, this, I might as well get in a car. It's a completely different thing. You'd think it'd be similar, but it just so so little carries over. It's a bit disappointing. And on the rally bikes, you don't see those guys throwing big whips. <laughs> those things are heavy and very top heavy. Yeah, they're probably more like a street bike. Yeah, probably they're they you know they got the full fairings like one. 
They're yep. big twins yep. and, and stuff. They're probably geared to go super fast. I know he does. They do do some of those on 450s. Some of those rallies they do on 450s, but still they've got the fairing mm -hmm. and the down pipes and everything. So I'm sure the weight's distributed a lot different. Yeah, I've, I've always been interested in, if I could have any bike that isn't a pure dirt bike out of the out of the building, I really like the uh, the Honda uh, Africa Twin. That's mm -hmm. a really neat bike. It looks striking, and it just seems like a completely new thing to go do, much like a trials bike, where I kind of get the idea, and I think it would be really fun to to learn to do that. Adventure bikes do look like fun, though. That looks like something I could I could get into in my uh, I'd say my older years. But uh, if <laughs> if you're if you're the standard, then I can't say that. <laughs> He'll, he'll be fighting back harder than ever in your older years to not have a street bike. <laughs> I don't think mom will let you have one. Too many tickets. Oh, yeah. I'd be doing wheelies on the street. I won't let me have one. I was telling Ryan the other day, he got that uh, 501. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I told him, those are really cool. I'd love to have a, a dual sport, but I've already vetoed it from my brain because on my street bike, I'd, I'd look over and and go, oh, I can just park over there. Oh, there's a curb in the way. Well, if it's a dual sport, you just mm -hmm. go up and over the curb. That's fine. Yep. It yep. Took her, it's just too easy to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Because it would. Well, I want to try a dual sport ride with a bunch of buddies and just, you know, see what it's like. I don't want to jump in with both feet, but it could be fun, you know, riding up over the mountains and having lunch somewhere and, you know, Trails, back roads, gravel roads. Could be fun. It's worth a try. It would be wonderful right until it started sleeting. Oh, yeah. Then I want my truck. As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as it starts to rain, you go, oh, I should have a roof right now. Yeah, yeah, and a heater and windshield wipers. That just, just means you're a, you're a fair weather rider, which is not a bad thing. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. If I'm going to ride, it's going to be quality. I don't need to endure anything at this point point in my life no there's enough things there's other things to do in that weather if it's gonna snow mm -hmm. well by golly you grab your skis or you grab your snowmobile there's better <laughs> things to do in that type of weather yeah. sorry mark yep, there is yep <laughs> there is there's better things to we'll do. have to have mark on sometime and he can he can he can talk all about it and try and talk us into it on air that'd be fun oh yeah to uh dual sport mm -hmm. yeah i would i would do it for sure like uh, on a weekend yeah. borrow someone else's bike and spend three days yeah for sure yeah or even just a day i mean they'll leave from his house and they'll ride over to detroit and have lunch and come back and he says they'll put on you know between one and 200 miles depending on if they go on out to you know all the way over to sisters madras and you know come back over that way of course they don't come over highway 26 when they come back take all the back roads, you know, through the reservation and, or, or just they'll also come back up over, uh, Colawash river and highway 224 and Brightonbush and all that. I heard him say that, that 80 to 90% of it is off road when they do that, that, uh, that rip. When they go from Colton to Detroit and back, that is correct. That would be, I would like that where it's a little bit of highway, which means you can go fill up with gas if you need. Mm -hmm. and that yep. that would be fun 
So yeah, I mean, the next thing kind of on my list is uh, is going through the team guides and talking about who's staying, who's going. There's been a lot, a lot of mix-ups in the. Uh, I gotta start memorizing numbers again for the two fifties because everyone's got new numbers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of new landing places for everybody. Yeah, I'm on the four fifty ones right now, and you really you're going down through this. The 450s are not a ton of movement really this year. It's kind of key key moves and more who's who's not there from last year. I mean, just starting at HRC, you know, Roxon signed another extension. Uh, yeah, three years. He's there a long time. He's got 20, 21, and 22. So at the end of 22, mm-hmm. he's got to decide if he's going to keep racing or not because that's kind of... Mm-hmm kind of when it'll be he'll be he'll be 30 give or take no he's he's uh he's a couple years younger than me but not much because i'm i'm turning 29 uh, about anaheim one and so ken roxon was born in april of 1994 so yeah like i thought he's three years younger than i am so he'll when his contract is up he'll be the same age i am now so he'll be 28 He'll be 28 and a half mm-hmm. when, uh, when that's done. Thanks to Chad Reed, that doesn't mean much. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, Muscan's 30. So there's no reason Roxon couldn't sign another three-year contract yeah. when yeah. this one expires. Yeah. So he's these guys have a long leg still because, I mean, Brayton won, mm-hmm. Brayton won that one at 32 when he won, he won that Supercross in Daytona recently. It's 32, 33. Oh, yeah, at least. Because that was, yeah, it was two years ago, and he's like 34 now, right? Or 35. Something like that. So on Justin Brayton, he's he's got that, that ride over there at HRC, at least for Supercross, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. he's very much earned that. He's now a four-year-in-a-row uh, Australian Supercross champ, and he, won, yeah. he did win that race on the Bullfrog Honda um in florida uh, a few years back and that's you know that's mm-hmm. recently compared to a lot of people on this list actually so no one can say he didn't earn that you know he i think he's very much earned at least an indoor spot for what he's done for honda racing in general over the past four years down in australia and then coming up here and and still putting him up in the top five in some races yeah. he's very much earned of basically a fill-in ride at HRC. He could he could very easily do top ten in every race. Now I was talking to Dave. I wish he was here. I was talking to Dave over Thanksgiving. I think he's gonna win a uh, a race, and I think it's gonna be a triple crown. I think he's mm, gonna get be. like kind of like he did in Australia just now, kind of a a one two three finish over the three races because he just has mm-hmm. to be consistent. He, he could go two, three, mm-hmm. two and still win one of those because of the inconsistency of the guys above him. And mm-hmm. he's yeah, really exactly. good on a sprint and he has won mains in triple crowns. It's not that he hasn't. Mm-hmm. I think last year he won one. So it's completely mm-hmm. within reason that he's, he's been super crossing. He's, he's up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll start out hotter than most, 
you know, there's other guys that'll catch on after four or five races and maybe start beating him. But early on, he's the most the one that's most in tune. Yeah, and later on in the season, he might get a little more fatigued than everyone else because he's bit, been racing. Uh-huh. And he's in his mid-30s. <laughs> you add that as well. But yeah. I mean, the first Triple Crown of the season, I think it's his best shot to win a real main and that would just be, he would be over the moon. Chad Reed would be very upset. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to come back and say, well, we're not going to retire until 2021. One more now. season. Yeah. <laughs> but that'll be good to see him out there. And then for outdoors, we'll have Chase Sexton out there. And I think, I think he's mm-hmm. going to, he's going to do well for a uh, rookie season. As long as he can stay off the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, especially on the 450s, that ground gets a little yeah, harder. But he's he's a strong kid. He's like very physically fit. And uh, Roxon said himself last year that he was ready for the 450 just because he he can handle the bike. And watching him win the Supercross last year, there were times where he would pick up speed, and you could watch him. The bike would swap under him and very much Weston Pike, he could pull it in and uh, hmm. and just pull it back in, in shape. And it, something that would have bucked someone smaller like a, like a Martin or a Dakotas, mm-hmm. he was able to keep control of it. Well, that'll be interesting to see. I haven't really watched him a lot. I mean, I, I know he's smooth. Um, he's super smooth. It's really hard to tell how fast he is. It will be interesting to see him on a 450, and you know that can smooth you out too. Yeah, and with 450s, it's very much a mental game because there's a lot of guys. Uh, Cooper Webb, for instance, came up, and there's no reason he could have couldn't have been winning races the first year. He just mentally wasn't in the right spot. Eh, maybe mm-hmm. it was the bike mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. but. You know, a lot of them say, well, I just wasn't in the mindset and and then it started clicking and I started winning. Mm -hmm. So if he can Mm -hmm. get his head in the right spot and learn in his first year, he should be a real, real uh, threat. Mm -hmm. Then JGR, they've only got Savachi listed here. But as we know, um, Freddie Norton is going to be there as well. And Joey, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, hurting his foot. Uh, in Paris is a is a bummer. Hopefully he doesn't miss too much, but I think when he comes back, it'll be interesting to see. Because last season he was in second place, uh, battling for the lead with the top guys, and coming mm-hmm. around that uh, hay bale on that left turn, bike quit on him. I have, mm-hmm. if you could see someone cry under a helmet, that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be it. And he had plenty of good races where he had good starts, and then. You know, he would he would crash or a mechanical or, or something. It just seems like the guy can't catch a break since he's gone to 450s. He certainly has the speed. He just needs a few breaks. And Freddie Noren's more known for his Honda fill-in work. But um, mm-hmm. I think he can be do surprisingly well on his... He was getting mostly top 10s, you know, 6th to 10th on a privateer bike maybe on mm-hmm. something with uh, more factory parts and more support, and he's not, you know, bringing his own bike in a sprinter, maybe he'll be able to uh, uh, pull out a little bit better results. 
Yeah, I'm thinking I read something today that said that he had only qualified for two 450 main events. Well, remember, he uh, he generally splits his time. He does an East Coast uh, 250 or, you know, one of the coasts on a 250, and then he races 450 out of his own pocket. Right. Not necessarily a good thing. Norton has only made two 450 SX main events in his career. In his career? Yeah, Oakland 2015th, he got a 17th overall, and San Diego 2017, 19th overall. Definitely not a supercross guy, but he is a, a motocross guy. Yeah, and that's that's certainly what they're hiring him for. This yeah. is for outdoors because that's that's where he's yeah. done most of his work for HRC was outdoors. Yeah, that was when he showed up the most and, and did well. That'll be it'll be good to see him out again. Oh yeah, that's good for him. He's making some money. Yeah, he had that bad injury last year, and and uh, so coming back is going to be going to be key for him for fitness yeah and monster energy kawasaki that's that's a story that's going to be the team to beat i think yeah but you know what who's going to be the one to beat you can it's pretty easy to assume that oh you know eli's going to be faster but for how long yeah because he's you know he's kind of the old guard uh getting there them and him, Roxon, Baggett, Barsha, they're all still at the top. Muscan, they're all still at the top, but for how long, you know? Right. That, that's just it. I think that you by the end of this year, you might start noticing a changing of the guards. I think Cincerillo is going to, because he's matured so much and he's got confidence, especially after Energy Cup, he's going to expect to win some races i don't know if before energy cup he was expecting to win races it's probably more like you know third through fifth is probably what he was thinking but i think he think knows he can win now so it's going to be a different game there so you think come next january january of 2021 we're all going to be talking about cincerillo and plessinger and savachi and hill that generation and and chase sexton or are we still going to be talking oh, about all these other guys? I think we're still talking about the other guys, but Cincerillo is going to be in the conversation, and Muscan is probably going to get down to the top of the second group. So, like, what generation do you put Jason Anderson? And actually, that'll be the whole Rockstar Husqvarna team, so we'll get to that. Those are all the in-betweeners mm-hmm. that don't really fit in either of those groups you know age-wise mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah tomac and cincerillo there's going to be some infighting there like we saw last year between marvin and webb yeah 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 there will be there has to be because they're both you know super fast but you know they have a little bit different strengths and weaknesses and there's going to be times where eli is not going to have it for adam and vice versa, too. I think when the going really gets tough on the really rough tracks, that's where Tomac's going to just kill him. But, you know, when it's a smooth, more of a flowy track, you know, Cincerillo just might get That's him. a good observation is, is Cincerillo's been less adept at the rougher tracks, the um, Thunder Valley and such, that really get mm-hmm. really rutted up and bad. That's where Tomac seems to... Mm-hmm 
have an extra an extra gear on everybody else and that's where he seems to yeah. miss out so outdoors Cincerillo may have a a bit of an uphill battle in the first half of the season just yes, between the I, two I agree with that supercross is where it's really going to be super close motocross not this year you think tomac's got him covered outdoors this year yes well i think i think uh Monster Energy has two fast but inconsistent riders. Yep. I I could see yep. them going one two, and I could see them going four five. <laughs> so, I mean, everyone else is is yeah. almost as fast and more consistent. So it's I I couldn't put a dollar on either of them finishing anywhere. Mm-hmm. Not not mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, Cinturil is more. He's more normal outdoors. He'll be you know. Where you would expect him to be, but Supercross definitely is. A, there's a possibility that he could do a Ryan Dunty in rookie season, just kick everybody's butt. He could do it. Well, keep that in mind because I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be writing down uh, championship podiums right now to lead into next year. So I'm gonna need a one, mm-hmm. two, three when we get through the list. Which is impossible. <laughs> We're going to be wrong on all counts, but oh yeah, just a guess. And then Monster Energy Yamaha's got the same guys there. Mm-hmm. Barsha's got this year and next year, mm-hmm. and Plessinger. We'll see if he resigns. I think he might not if his year goes the same. I don't think he gelled with the bike. Yeah, he's doing a Cooper Webb. <clears throat> it's just not working for him. Like. Uh... Like, uh, just like it didn't for Cooper Webb, but Barsha seems to work good on the bike. I mean, he's gonna, he could easily win a race this year. You really could. Well, he, I mean, he won last year, A1. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he won A1. But he definitely could win. You know, even in good conditions, he can get it done. Yeah, I mean, he, he won A1 last year. He just won King of Paris. He's, you know, he yeah. looks good on the bike. He's the only person I've seen who can actually ride it uh, confidently. Yeah. 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 I think it's because he wants yep. to kill the bike as much as it wants to kill him. <laughs> yeah, if he can if he can wring a four fifty's neck, then he might actually win on it no matter what it is. Yeah, the four fifty Yamaha seems to be a uh, a bull and he's the only mm-hmm. bull rider yeah. out there. He's like, oh, I'll just whip this thing into shape, why then? <laughs> yep. And Plessinger, man, he, he just showed bursts of speed, but he couldn't put a race together, much less a season. Then he got hurt, and he never mm-hmm. really showed up outdoors. Well, that uh, I missed some of the races, but he just seemed like he never really uh, showed up. Did I miss something outdoors last year? It, you know, it's the same thing that that Barsha did on the Yamaha three years ago. Same thing that Cooper Webb did two and three years ago. It just they get they it don't gel. They don't. They have flashes of speed, and then they get hurt, and that's it. Just either you gel with it or you so don't. So he didn't look he didn't look any smoother in the second half of the outdoor season. Then I don't think so. I think he was hurt during the middle part of it and came back for the last few races. If, if I that's what I right. thought it was just the last few, but it, but he didn't come back with any type of flair or showing that he had sorted mm-hmm. anything out. Nope, nope. Trying to earn his keep. Well. Hopefully, Factory Yamaha can get some some decent results that they'll stick around with that with the factory team because 
if they mm-hmm. uh, if they too quickly go, oh, this isn't working out. We don't want to spend the money. That's going to be a shame because we need all these rides we can get. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think I think Barsha helped them. A one is probably the reason they'll stick around at least four more years because they go, oh, we can mm-hmm. win. And then Red Bull's also unchanged. Yep. Uh, Moosecan's got another two year extension, so we'll see. You know, in two more years, he's going to be, he's going to be in his, you know, low to mid thirties. He's going to decide if he's still got it or not. Mm-hmm. This year is going to be a, a big showing for that because last year he was still able to keep up with, with the leader oh, yeah. on in most of yep. the races. He still showed he had it, mm-hmm. but he just he didn't show what he had the year before. He just seemed to be a tick off of um 2018 yep yep i agree just a tick off yep do you think that's just age or was that his nagging injury from the fall the uh the fall and winter before because he came in with a a slight injury and it could be as a confidence you know knocks down your confidence i just didn't see him bounce back in the outdoors that's why i think it's not related to the injury I, i think he's just it's it's mean to say that someone's peaked, but I, I think that his peak was very high and he was mm-hmm. just a little bit of luck off of being a multi-time Supercross champion. I mean, he, he could have had stuff, but same reason that um, people like Wyndham, you know, have a lot of wins, but no, no right. championships to speak of just because everyone yeah. around him was so much faster, just that yeah, one guy he, he just he peaks at the wrong time you know he had to follow you know ryan dungey around and then he's followed tomac around and then it really wasn't good when he had to follow cooper webb around <laughs> yeah because he it was you his know, time and he and he missed yeah it. it was he missed it but you know it would but the guy really he's still good enough and young enough that you know if the guy won the first two super crosses or whatever you know, he could go on a roll. He could, and he it's such com- a mental he gets game. Comfortable. Oh, such a mental game, yeah. But yeah, the next two years with Red Bull, I think that's still a good call for them because if nothing else, people like him. He's a very oh, yeah. friendly, likable guy. Yeah, yeah, especially as far as the French go. A lot of times we French just don't get along with the American crowds, but... He's a good guy. He's pretty normal. And, I, I hope yeah, he's the so start he's of that. Turning that around. Yeah, I think we've so. got another guy coming in on the in the 250 class uh, who is French, and he's joining one of these uh, teams later. Not Sewell. Sebrius. Cedric Sebrius. I'm not sure I'm saying his last no, name. No, right. uh, Brian Moriu. Uh, he's joining oh, Troy okay. Lee. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, so he'll, he's going to be joining Troy Least. We'll we'll get to him a little bit later, but um, hopefully he's the third in a row that have just been wonderful. Because Ferrandis mm-hmm. came in with a bit of a a bit of a not a chip on his shoulder, came in with confidence, we'll call it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know he got worked in Supercross and he was okay with that the first year, but. When he didn't, you know, stomp the floor in outdoors, I think it was a wake-up call. And 
he came back the next year at Supercross a little humble, and he got super fast. That's that's of course when he uh, crashed halfway through the season and broke himself mm-hmm. up. But he was at the time catching the leaders and in championship contention. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and all the podium interviews that year when he was you know starting to get wins and and especially last year he's genuinely a, a polite guy to everyone and everyone just has nothing but good things to say and mm-hmm. i think that started with muscan because yeah. everyone before was not known to be friendly mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean there's just names uh from michelle bell all the way up um mm-hmm. porcel yeah. Yeah. they were they weren't porcel's got some fun stories though Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can just have more like Moose Gannon, Ferrandis and everyone comes, comes in friendly. I mean, yeah, it, it's been good so far. We haven't had anyone come in with any type of bad attitude in a very long time. No, Cooper right. Webb is arguably yeah. one of the roughest people, uh, mm-hmm. in the pits and he's still a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see if he yeah, can back up his championship this year. What do you think? Oh boy. I don't know. I kind of don't think so. You're going to doubt the reigning champ two years in a row? I mean, you were right last year, but... No, I, I don't. I think between the two, two Kawasaki guys and Ken Roxon, those guys are truly, week in, week out, going to be hard to beat. I mean, you're going to have... Anderson's going to get some wins. Cooper Webb's going to get some wins. And, you know, even, you know, Brayton might, like you say, get a triple crown win. There's um, Zacho, there's... Mookie, yeah, yeah. Zach Osborne could. Um, I mean, Barsha won last year. You can't count him out. You know, they could definitely get, you know, even get a complete race. I mean, you could go all the way down to Justin Hill could win a race. Yep, he's got the speed. Uh, he he showed it in his does. fill-in ride a couple of years ago. Yeah, he definitely could. But in the end, you know, Roxon and Team Kawasaki is going to be there the strongest people they just are i mean it's really hard to think anything different and it's hard to say you know cooper webb's not fast or blake Vegas is not fast these guys are fast super faster than we could ever imagine uh trying to ride at that speed yeah but i i think that you know trey canard said that success is when uh luck and preparation come together (laughs) I mean, you think about luck and preparation, you think of those three guys. You really For do. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, these guys definitely live it, eat it, breathe it, maybe just a notch more than everybody else, only because they can. I mean, the mental capability of doing what these guys do here, holy cow. Well, here's you know, even here's my you, concern. Just to make a main event. You've, you've mentioned Roxon and Tomac and... Um, and since Cirillo as being kind of your mm-hmm. favorites, you mm-hmm. have literally discounted the entire Baker's factory, which has created every Supercross champion for the past how many years? Like mm-hmm. eight? And you can't forget about that. These guys are definitely going to be pesky. I think the last six years, because it was four years with Dungy, and then who won the next year? Was that, it was four with Dungy, then it was Anderson. Then it was Webb, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the last six years have all been from this camp, this champion maker camp. 
mm-hmm. that uh, even That's... Hurling said he was impressed with the caliber of the facility and, you know, he wishes he could run with, he could, you know, train there. And he's got mm-hmm. such talent as Muscan and Webb and uh, Anderson and Osborne all there. And you're going to count all four of those below these other guys. Yep. In the, in the, in my, you know, in my guesses of what I think might happen. Yes. These guys are definitely going to finish filling out the rest of basically the top 10. You know, if you want to put bag and bogle, those guys, I don't know if they're regulars at Baker factory or not. Blake has his own compound and I don't think he would still have, cause he put million feels like millions of dollars into his compound. I yeah, mean, the mountain that he built in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible place. Yeah. And it, just down the road, I don't think he would have built that if he had any intention of of going and practicing with those guys. Yeah. And he may be thinking more long-term, you know, when he retires as, you know, being a trainer. I think Wilson doesn't feel like spending that kind of money. And that could be, I have no idea what that costs, but I'm sure it's not free to them. It's not from what I've heard. Yeah, even if you're a, you know, KTM or Husqvarna guy, I'm sure it's not free. Yeah, I I think it's just exclusive to them, or they get first dibs or something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But speaking of Baggett, I mean, he signed a three-year deal himself uh, in 18, so he's through next year, end of next year. Yeah. And he's... You know, the speed that he showed against Tomac two years ago was mm-hmm. especially outdoors. was incredible. When he would jump up on that berm at Thunder Mountain and, you know, just jumped across behind him and, and hit that outside berm for the pass, it was dominant showing that day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had their whole thing throughout the season where he, they were bantering back and forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then he hurt his thumb and just kind of fell back the rest of the outdoor season. And he he hasn't shown back up. He's podiumed and shown some of that. But I was really expecting him to be a bigger uh, a bigger factor in a lot of these races. I mean, Rocky Mountain had both of their guys up on podiums uh, last year uh, during Supercross, but never quite the the fire that he needed. Never know. Maybe he's had an injury that's been going on for a while. Yeah, do you think El Chupacabra has got speed left in him, or is is he kind of tapered off as well? Is this peak Baggett, or is or is there more that he can find in the tank like Ryan Dungey did? Yeah, I know. My you know my gut says he's probably getting tired of working so hard. You know, but I I'm not him. I don't know. I don't know definitely you know even though he hasn't won for a while he's still super fast and still is a threat certainly a threat and with that justin bogle's a threat on the starts for sure he's he's got really (laughs) good reaction times yeah yeah you know he won that moto a couple years ago he just did that the whole race he just blitzed and he was gone yeah that was that was impressive and he he held off a, a charge from from Tomac who got up back up to yeah. second and he had a yep. charge. And I was like, Oh, well, here it goes. Watching his lead tumble yeah. from 12 seconds to nine seconds to six. 
and then a minute and two laps left and oh it's going back up and he finished with like a nine second lead against eli tomac in colorado yeah he dug dug deep and that was good that was fun to watch it's fun to watch bogle win because he's a happy guy yeah and then he he had a a terrible start the next race but that's nerves he was so excited yeah and he said it himself he's like i was just too amped up he's like i my heart rate hadn't come down. It's like I got back on the starting line for the second moto, and well, I guess it was more. I got on live for the second yeah. moto. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad he's still around in the sport because he's he's fun yeah he's around. good for, he's good for the sport. The guy you know we we're talking earlier about having fun or being serious. You know he's serious. There's no doubt about that. But he also knows how to have fun. Yeah, exactly. Very much yeah, like a like a that. Plessinger or um, yep. Colton Nichols, they they are tons yeah. of fun off the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is good for the sport because you know ninety nine point nine nine percent of people that ride dirt bikes do it for the fun. And that's and that's how you sell bikes. Hey, look how much fun they're mm-hmm. having. That's how you sell bikes. You gotta have fun. Yep. So I mentioned Rockstar Husqvarna earlier these guys are kind of in this weird age range. I mean, Zach's as old as, as the, the oldest guys out there, but he, you know, he was with the younger kids for so long that he seems more at home with the Jason Anderson's and the Dean Wilson's age age wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does seem like it. Yeah. Cause he says he's 29. So he's probably four years older than both these other two guys, four or five. Yeah. Something like that. Well, I think mm-hmm. Jason's, he's probably going to be 26. No, no, because uh, he's not contemporary with uh, Cole Seeley. No, he's younger than Seeley. Yeah, because I, I just remember them racing together. On 250s at the same time, but but yeah, he was definitely. Well, so Seeley did bicycles before he did motocross, so he has a whole other career that he went through first. Yeah, and he's, 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 uh, uh, an interesting case study. So uh, Anderson was born in 93, so he's 26. So he'll be turning 27 this season. But you know what? He can be like Carmichael and be done, you know, at this age, or he can be Brayton and still be going good at 35, 34. Just talking today shows, it's, it's making me think how crazy it was, how early Ricky Carmichael retired. He could have, yeah. he could have won six more championships realistically uh-huh. and that's insane yep. mm-hmm. but his but he had to be completely burned out uh, he ha- he had to have i mean he had to have. almost two perfect seasons like yeah and then he's looking at you know the car racing was coming up and that was kind of pulling him just like reed is now you know at just 10 years older <laughs> almost. well that's the thing is he's uh, reed's yeah, ten years older, and and mm-hmm. finally retiring. People have been saying it for yeah. ten years. Yeah, but but he's looking at car racing. He's not thinking, "I'm done, I'm done," you know. So that kind of hastens the exit when you got something to look forward to. But when you're just done because you can't do it anymore, you're going to hang on. Everyone on this team is is older than Carmichael when he retired. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had a thought, Dean Wilson. When, when Brayton quits uh, racing in Australia, Dean Wilson needs to go down there and do that. 
he could win those championships down there. He's equal speed. He could do it, and he's and he's halfway there with the accent. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! I wonder what he'll say if he hears this. <laughs> no, he really would. He could do really good doing that and make some money, you know, um, and have a nice retirement just like Brayton does. You know, I'm sure Brayton made money here, but oh no, he I made think way he's more. Probably down. made way more down there. Yeah, exactly. Wilson could do it. He absolutely he could. Absolutely He's... could do it. He'd be a perfect candidate to go in there and step into that position and start doing it. Having been to Australia, and you know Australians, you know how they're perceived, at least up here. Mm-hmm. If Dean Wilson doesn't fit in with the Aussies down there, who yeah. could? He is. He yeah, is lighthearted, down. you know. Yeah, he. Would, I think yeah. he would love it down there, doing that. Yeah. Well, didn't he did race some of those races down there last year? He did. He did, yes. Him and Jason Anderson went. Yeah, because Anderson won he, the uh, the championship down there last year by accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he won the Oceana this year. So this team has got to be the oldest single team on the on the on the docket. Yeah, By it average, does on it. The average age. 27, yeah. 29, and 27. I mean, because hmm. Roxon's maybe 27, you know, and Brayton's 35. So maybe if you average them, they're they're both about the same. But yeah, I guess Honda's not that much, uh, not any younger. Hmm. Nice. It's not a kid's sport anymore. I guess I'll keep it's doing really it. It's really not looking through. <laughs> I mean, Plessinger's younger but barsha's older i mean they're probably around mm-hmm. the 27 28 on average mm-hmm. you know muscan mm-hmm. we know is about 30 cooper webb's going to be 24 25 so they're about 27 28 baggett and bogle like yeah we're looking at 27 being the upper, average age upper tw- of, yeah, of the yeah. top wow, guys that's crazy yeah wow that's a good thing yeah that's <laughs> when you when you're older Though they, they were saying when Reed turned 30, that's when they started saying, how long until this guy retires? Well, apparently, mm-hmm. that's just above your peak. Like, you've just mm-hmm. peaked, and you're that that's think, prime time to be riding. Wyndham was 34 or 35 when he stepped away, wasn't yep, he? but he was considered some stalwart that hung around forever. Just like Reed's turned into, and... Mm-hmm. You don't really think about it a lot, but Brayton is too. Yeah, but everyone talks about 22 being ideal age for 450s. You know, yeah. when you look overseas, that's when they put you there, you know, mm-hmm. at the latest. Yeah, 23 and, F- and FIM is 23 is the maximum age you can be in uh, MX2. Exactly. They're like, oh, you should be there by now, and that's kind of your peak. You know, by 25, you should be ending. It's like, well, no, it looks like you're prime until 30 at least. And then you can still be yeah. competitive to 35. None of this 23 and, and 25 stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not as old as I felt I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I can't help you. Sorry. No, too far I'm gone. still saying 20s and 30s. That was, that's okay. You're still faster than I am. I I still have as much fun as I ever have, ever have had. So yeah, it's fun to go fast. It all works good. And so Smart Top, Bullfrog, Spas, Moto Concepts, Honda, is this a 
factory satellite team at this point. It's as close as you can get to factory. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's certainly as much factory as the uh, Rocky Mountain ATV team is. I feel like Honda's pulled them closer than Rocky Mountain to KTM or um, even JGR to Suzuki. Like, I feel like Honda has kind of adopted them as their uh, as their fill-in of choice, more like how Star treats Rock River. Okay, yeah. They definitely, definitely, although, you know, last year, I think it was, they said Brayton had the factory Honda, same bike, but the other guys did not. Yes, they, they gave... They gave him a factory bike, and the other guys were on bikes they had to buy, but uh, they were able to get parts for all three. Mm-hmm. Partially yeah. because the other bikes were a year old, so they had tons of parts. They they didn't have to wait for them to be machined and shipped mm-hmm. over on a boat. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder if they're getting more support this year um, since, since they're doing the pictures together now, like photo shoots i also wonder if they that factory bike that they have for break i wonder if they leased it like chad reed did huh where they got it back at the end yeah that's possible nope if it was a real factory bike whether they leased it or not i think they still have to give it back yeah because you see some guys at the end of the season selling bikes and some not Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they got all the trick parts on them and everything like that and probably not tons of time well, I mean, how do you count it? Like, it's got to be time on the on the frame because nothing mm-hmm. else is is the same age. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, they change the suspension and everything. Probably the bike they sell is lots of new parts that haven't even been ridden with. Yeah, I think they end up switching. Some teams end up switching to their practice frame, and they swap the frames halfway through the season just to keep mm-hmm. it fresh, and they put all the parts. Uh, over, but yeah, Malcolm Stewart, Vince Freeze, and Justin Hill. I mean, Freeze is going to be Freeze. He's going to get good starts, frustrate people. Mm-hmm. But hey, if if you don't want to have to pass him, get better starts, bud. He'll get tons and tons of top tens, and he's gotten faster every year because he gets those yeah. starts and he gets to play with those top guys and see what yeah. they do. He learns so fast. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. He's earned what he's got. You know, there's no no one handed him anything. No, and I mean he's fast. He finishes better than you know some of these other people lower down on this list. I mean, yeah, Adam Antignap, AJ Cantazero, the Alex Rays. They're you know still trying to get mains. Vince almost mm-hmm. always gets into the mains. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he doesn't. You don't see him in the LCQs even. Yeah, I mean that's that's more than a lot of people uh, with factory mm-hmm. rides can say. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think Malcolm Stewart and Justin Hill are both, they're risky, but fast. I mean, they've both shown that they can win heat races in the 450s and be top three, top five competitors for sure. Mm-hmm. But got to keep it off the ground. Yeah, Malcolm has to not crash, you know, mm-hmm. needs to be a little more consistent than his brother was. And Justin is just, I wonder if it's mental because he's just so hot and cold. I mean, in the 250s, yeah. one year he goes out and, you know, on the pro circuit bike and just wipes the floor with everyone and then switches mm-hmm. to the Suzuki. And it can't be the bike. 
not that he then much. averages 18th you know yeah how how does that yeah. happen so hopefully he can come in and and uh do a little bit better on the honda i mean he got sixth overall at paris so that's something yeah that's something that says something that he has he definitely always has that you know the qualifying speed for sure it needs to translate that into some main events again uh hep motorsport suzuki's got adam entignap in on it so they've got yeah okay they have three guys on that team oh max anstey is one of the guys max entignap yeah entignap anstey and i'm sorry uh, max max anstey yeah you heard me right no that can't (laughs) be yeah really yeah he says max supercross is going to be a learning experience i plan to build throughout the season motocross net is quite natural to me i'll be up to speed quickly when the series starts that's max anstey so atp motorsports looks to be adam antignap max anstey from the mxgp series in europe who was the third guy? Cunningham. It's Kyle Cunningham. Let's see who the other guy is. Yeah, I'm real sure that's who I'm looking at there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle Cunningham. Max Anstey from from the MXGP coming over. He's he's British, yep. right? Yep. That would be yeah. fun. You know what? Yeah. I wonder if him and Dean Wilson are going to hang out at all. You know, because they they know each other from uh, the nation's well, probably, team. Yeah. They would have run together. Yeah, actually, yeah. Anstey was the overall winner of the 2017 uh, motocross of nations yes he was that was that was the year that they podiumed good for them so then there's rock river which is still rumors from from everything i've seen which is either benny bloss or kyle chisholm or both Mm -hmm. uh but rock river is a good team because they got that 250 team that's pretty solid Mm -hmm. they're trying to have a, a showing up here in the 450s yeah, I've never seen him have a 450 guy before. Yeah, they've they've done it in the past because uh, they were getting some support from Yamaha uh, when Yamaha didn't have their factory team and uh, people mm-hmm. were getting injured at, at their main team. So there's that. There's the new team All South, which says Van Martin. SGB Racing Kawasaki, which I hadn't heard of before, uh, which looks like it's going to be Cantazero and Alex Ray. Team Tedder. Dakota Tedder, of course, uh, and he he was saying that he wanted someone to, he was looking to hire, and uh, Mathis thinks it's going to be Martin Davalos, mm-hmm. which good for that guy for finally, you know, stepping up and going okay. I like I've said that I want to race four fifty. Got to put my money where my mouth is because mm-hmm. he he has an out. Mm-hmm. He could race two fifties, right? He pointed out though, didn't he, of two fifties? Oh no, didn't he have an injury? No, that was somebody else that. Oh, did you know that. what? Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. That was somebody else that's going to still race 250s again. Shane McElrath. It was like McElrath, wasn't it? Shane yeah. McElrath. <laughs> Moody. Yeah. yeah. Shane Moody McElrath. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what I was thinking. But yeah, the Davos got a 450 ride. He did, or or it's still rumor. Well, it's, it's I guess it's still rumored. But it looks looks like he should. He should be, if it's a KTM, he should be pretty comfortable on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because he raced a Husqvarna a couple of years ago. And uh, Cade Clayson looks like he might be back at the AMA because he signed with PRMX 
Pelletier Kawasaki to race the Canadian Triple Crown. And uh, he's mm-hmm. expected to return to Supercross in 2020. So he'll, he'll, his uh, suspension will be up and, and he'll be he'll be back, mm-hmm. hopefully. Back and going. And then Chad Reed, he says he'll be at Anaheim. He says it's his last season. Is he going to show up on a on a privateer bike or is someone going to give him a ride for his last year out? No, he's going to be riding that Honda all year. And, you know, he talked about uh, just yesterday or whatever, his last race being uh, a Salt Lake. So he's going to do the whole series. Yeah, I, I did. I did read that. And that's weird. Salt Lake being the uh, closing now. Yeah. Cause it's, it's been, it's been that since, or it's been Las Vegas since basically it's inception. It has been for a long time, you know, not when it was like a four race series back in the early days, but it probably, I'm just, I'd have to look it up, but I would guess certainly since the early nineties, early to mid nineties, long time, not forever, but good long time. So that'll be good to see him do one more year. Tyler Bowers probably going to be privateer again because he, he keeps picking up little bits of support here and there. Mitch Payton still helps him out a little bit. And, you know, when he comes here to Portland, he uh, usually does pretty well at the local race. I think, I think last year he lost to um, Kevin Rookstool. No, I don't think so, but it was was somebody local around. That could have been, yeah, it could have been, but you're right. He got second. Then Brock Tickle with his uh, suspension being up in mid-February. We'll see if he uh, if he can pick something up. It seems like he's got some sort of... You might be thinking of Christian Craig. No, he, but he, he, uh, Tickle's got some sort of KTM he's riding. Um, I'm not sure who's in charge of it, but I thought I read something about that last week or so. Well, with the way all that went down, it'd be nice to see him... When he left, he said he was feeling the fastest he had ever been. So, yeah, oh yeah, he was doing good. He was, he was going the Baker factor. Yeah, and he was he was running right up close to the uh, podium, and he was feeling real good when that happened. And then Chisholm leaving HEP and uh, possibly going to Rock River. That's most everything. Uh, forgot to mention Joshua Cartwright up there with Cade Clayson, but yeah, the four fifties gonna be gonna be pretty close oh yeah that's what it was tickle got a ride on the gas gas ktm just purchased gas gas and they're doing an mxgp team and everything like that kind of like they've done with husqvarna they're gonna put bikes out there and make something happen so yeah i think he's gonna ride the gas gas which it's not gonna be the you know Italian made bike. It was. I'm real sure it's gonna be a pretty heavy KTM bike. Probably that would be a fair fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Not that gas gases weren't good; they're real good. But I don't know that they could you know refine them that quickly and make them you know competitive. Well, not unless they went Husqvarna and it's basically the same thing. Yeah, but Husqvarna is when they, I mean, initially they were KTMs, just strictly, strictly, you know, just change the colors on them. And then the next year they changed, you know, a few things, air boxes and, and uh, subframes and stuff and like that. And they've been they changed clear more. about that, that that was their intention. They said, yeah, the first year it's going to be yeah. very little yep. changes, but as we yep. grow, they will necessarily split into two different bikes based on the riders they have and kind of develop two different feels because... 
really now when you buy a bike there's no bad bikes out there well there's betas no, there but... isn't. <clears throat> when it when it comes to these bikes though when it comes to racing you know ama supercross you need the horsepower you really yeah do. but there's there's no there's no bad bikes it's mostly having proper feel like it has to be the right bike for you not not uh, like 1984 to 1986, where Honda just ruled the roost and all the other bikes were playing catch up. Like the Yamahas are fast, but you know, a little aggressive. They don't turn super well. You know, the Hondas are the are the best turning, but some people think that the throttle's a bit touchy. Um, you know, the Suzukis are heavy, but they handle very consistently, and the um kawasaki's are are twitchy but lively and the ktms and huskies are they put up with more because of the seal frame will bend a little bit so they're a little bit smoother and they don't they don't kick back as hard but you know you got to be used to that type of a feel so they're that's the beauty of it is we have all these different brands and they're all different but there's not really a penalty box because even the Suzuki is still a good bike. Oh yeah. No, there's no bad bikes. I agree. So if it was a uh, day before a one right now, uh, and I had made you make a prediction for first, second and third in the championship. And I'll let you put one note, like, like, uh, maybe uh this other this is another person i'll give you like a fourth place maybe or a dark horse that might upset it but one two three for the season in the 450s tomac rock tomac ronks and cincerillo i would say that's probably probably not incorrect cooper webb and muscan will file in behind him so would you would you put any any notes in there like there's one person that could catch fire like like an unknown that I could put where you go, oh yeah, also this, or are you pretty pretty sure with those? A, a dark horse? Yeah. Uh, a dark horse would be Jason Anderson actually getting it done again. He has the capability. I'm going to be a little more hopeful, and I'm going to say Roxon is going to have the, the consistency that he needs, and then just because it feels like it would be painful to put Tomac in second place again, I'll say... <laughs> um, I'm going to say uh, Cooper, and then just he he won last year, and he still seems just as fast as he was. I, I just can't count him out, and I would love to see Roxon and Webb battling uh, race after race. Oh, boy, yeah, that would be fierce. And, yeah, <clears throat> just putting these three guys on the podium here, I would love to see Cooper, Webb, Eli Tomac, and Ken Roxon battling it out just week after week all well, three of them just dog eat dog you definitely will see that you definitely will see that a lot and then i'm gonna put cincerillo in in as my my dark horse because i can't i can't tell if he's going to even finish the season or if he's gonna mm-hmm. like you said pull a dungy and he could beat mm-hmm. all these guys mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's there it's crazy to do top three because like neither of us have so many people in here like you did put anderson but we we didn't put i mean there's there's no barsha there's no muscan there's no baggett there's no osborne Mm -hmm. osborne though Mm -hmm. yeah 
man, that's another good dark horse. He could come through and and just because he's going to be strong the whole season through. Oh, man. Oh, I could definitely say there's a maybe up to 30% chance that none of the people on these podiums are going to be even on it. Yeah, we could we could see. Uh, I mean, with with injuries and and uh, you know bad luck, we could see Hus- Rockstar Husqvarna take all three top spots. Yes, you could. Yes, and then you, could. you go race to race, and it's just absolutely yeah. impossible to know. But that's good. Which is that's what makes it fun watching, though, because you know back when Carmichael was winning all the time, it was actually pretty boring. And who's going to get second? And then it's like, oh well, it's you know. It's just whoever's hot, whether it be um, yeah, and, Chad yeah, Reed or forget Jason, about that next James week. Stewart or uh, Wyndham. That's pretty much what it yep. is. Mm-hmm. So now we've got so much parody. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking that we start with so much parody and then halfway through it's narrowed to three it's to five guys anymore. and then it ends yeah. in uh, a race early. But... Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm yeah, or you can kind of tell, you know, two thirds of the way through that it's just going to be these two guys, you know. Yeah, but at least right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Right over. Everyone's going to race for